In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the fourth Sunday of the Holy Great Fast, and on the fourth Sunday we read the story of the Samaritan woman who met Christ by the well, and through whom, when Christ was speaking to her, she believed in him, and then became an evangelist, going to the town that she was living in and spreading the word about this man, and she's saying, could this be the Messiah, because he has told me everything that I've ever done. And one of the things that Christ tells her in this conversation uh, that she is having with him is, uh, you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband, in that you spoke truly. So it was clear that this woman had lived a life of sin, living with many different men, and she was isolated from society, and she was not accepted. She would come to this well that was kind of isolated and she would come in the middle of the day when there would be nobody there drawing water at that time because she didn't want to be seen or uh, she didn't want to be confronted by anyone she was embarrassed she kind of felt like she was an outcast from society um, but after she accepted christ she was very bold and she went back into the town and she proclaimed christ kind of in a very bold way and and her her life changed her, her life changed from that point she no longer was afraid and she put behind her her, her sinful life. And actually, in the tradition of the church, this woman becomes a saint, and her, we, her name is Saint Fotini. We call her Saint Fotini. Um, so, as we spoke about last week with the prodigal son, that this prodigal son, he went through a, this period of his life where he was away from his father, where he was away from God, where he was wasting his life, where he squandered everything that he had, and it was a very bad time for him. And then later, when he comes back, he was restored again. His father accepts him. But he had to deal with this era of his life as being something that he can't just ignore. It's not just something that as though it never happened. In his past, he would always have this situation. He would always have the memories of the things that happened to him. He would always remember his regrets, his mistakes, uh, all his bad choices. This would always be something that he carries with him. Also today, in the Samaritan woman story, the Samaritan woman, even though she becomes a saint, but she's always going to remember the life she used to live, all of these people that she lived with, all the things that she did wrong. So there are sometimes these major events that happen in our life that while we can learn from them, and while we should learn from them, and while God will turn them into something good for us, for us to grow in, but sometimes they can be a burden on us, because we remember these things and we have to maybe continue to suffer the consequences of some wrong choice or some circumstance that happened to us that is out of our control in our past. And sometimes this can be debilitating. Something that we're always carrying with us, remembering all the time that is difficult for us to move forward because we cannot forget it, we cannot overcome it. So last week we, we started speaking about this concept of letting go of the past how to let go of the past and we said what that there are three different types of past that we want to think about and and how is it we should let go the first one was sins wrong things that we've done like bad sins that we ourselves have committed something that is directly against god's will the second thing is mistakes not necessarily a sin but wrong choices maybe foolish decisions, a decision that I made hastily without thinking through what is it that I was doing or a decision I made, you know, that was something, was, I was unaware of something that, that if I would have known this, I would have made a different choice. And maybe now I'm still suffering the consequences of that mistake. And the third one is misfortunes, which is not our fault at all. Misfortune is something that happens to me something that is out of my control, something maybe somebody else does, or something that nobody's fault, it's just something that happened. And I have to maybe live with the consequences of that decision. So the question is, 
How do we deal with these situations that have happened in our past and keep them from rising up again and always haunting me and always being kind of like a thorn in my side? We can't completely forget them, uh, nor should we try to forget them completely, right? God allows adversity in our life for a reason, because he wants us to learn from it. He wants us to grow. He wants us to take what we know in the past and he wants us to build on it and he wants us to use it in our future. So how can we learn from these things and grow from them, but at the same time, not allow the negative emotions that we experience about these things to be kind of like a source of constant suffering, to be something that keeps us from reaching our full potential and from growing. So last week, uh, the Sunday of the prodigal son, we spoke about the first two of these three. We spoke about sins and mistakes. Okay, I'm going to give a very brief overview of last week and what we spoke about, and then today, God willing, we'll continue and speak about the third one, which is the misfortunes. So, sins and mistakes. Okay, what are some of the challenges that we have to deal with um, when we make sins and mistakes? The first one, obviously, is the consequence of the sin. You know, when we make a mistake, there is some tangible consequence, right? Whether it's whether a sin or a mistake, there can be, you know, a health issue. There might be a financial issue. There might be a relationship issue. There might be, you know, something, maybe the way even that I see myself. This is something that can, you know, I have a poor self-image of myself because of something that I have done in the past. I might have lost a reputation because I made some kind of mistake or committed some sin that was visible and public and people know about it. And so now people look at me maybe in a different way and I have to deal with this. Sometimes we struggle to forgive ourselves from the sins that we have committed or sometimes we have a hard time accepting even the forgiveness of God. These are some of the things that we have to deal with and overcome uh, in our past. And we spoke about how regret is a step in the right direction. When I regret a decision or regret a sin that I made, it's actually good because this is the first step of me acknowledging that this was wrong and that it helps me to heal from it, to accept the mercy of God, to forgive myself, to repent if it's a sin that I committed, to have hope in the future, to be enlightened, to realize the reality of the situation was not what I thought that it was. And now I see things in a clear way. We spoke about having to invest in our spiritual life to not wallow in the, the, the kind of the haunting memories of the past, but to focus on the future and not to be afraid from the future and learn from our mistakes. These are some of the things we spoke about last time. So today I want to focus um, mostly on the third one, which is the misfortunes, right? The things that happen to us that is completely 100% out of our control, whether it be because of another person or even if it's not related to another person, something completely um, out of my control. A, a very good verse to focus on related to this point is actually in the life of St. Paul. It's a bit long, but I wanted to read the whole thing because it highlights to us how difficult St. Paul's life was for so many reasons that had nothing to do with his bad decisions or his sins or anything like that. It was simply the challenges that he faced in spreading the gospel around the world, and this is what he experienced. So we're going to read in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, starting from verse 22. It says what? Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. He's speaking against those people who are accusing him of not even being a genuine apostle. Right? These people are coming saying, who are, you're not a genuine apostle. You didn't even live with, at the, the, with the other apostles with Christ. The 12, the 12 disciples that lived with Christ, St. Paul was not among them. He converted to Christianity later in life after Christ's resurrection. So they're accusing him and saying, you are not a legitimate apostle. 
So he's having to defend himself and say, no, I am an apostle. Christ appointed me as an apostle and, I, and you need to listen to what I'm saying because these are the words of truth. These are the words of God. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors more abundant in stripes above measure in prisons more frequently in deaths often from the Jews five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked, a night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Besides the other things which comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. You see all of this struggles that St. Paul experienced. And, 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 and it was the result of a lot of other people that were attacking him, that were trying to put him down, that were trying to prevent him from performing his ministry. We have other examples where maybe um, in our own lives where certain family members, they make certain decisions that affect us negatively or friends or even random people that we meet that abuse us in some way, whether verbally or physically or whatever way that it might be. Um, we might be abandoned. Some people might abandon us. Or we might have health problems or financial problems or even having a goal that we set out to achieve and we are not able to, to fulfill that goal and we feel very upset and sad. Maybe our life is taking a direction that we wish it wasn't taking. We wish it was going to go a different direction. And so these kind of things, these misfortunes, they have a negative impact on us that kind of compounds the problem. It, it's, it's not just the, the, the situation itself that happened, but there's other things that happen along with it that maybe makes things worse. For instance, I might lose my relationship with other people. Of course, if there is a person that is making a choice that is harming me in some way, yes, I might lose my relationship with them. But sometimes even the negative impact that these um, struggles and stresses have on me cause me to lose my temper, cause me to change, cause me to start getting angry at people around me. And then I begin to lose relationships with other people that have no, no, like nothing to do with the situation. You know, there are some people that are very upset about something that happened in their life where they become antisocial, where they become very difficult to deal with, where, where they're, they're not easygoing, they're not open, they're not able to love freely. And instead, whenever anyone tries to show them any love or compassion, they reject it because they are very upset and angry about whatever it is that happened their, in their lives. Also, sometimes people lose their sense of value or their identity or who I am because I define myself according to whatever disaster whatever thing that happened to me in the past this is this is I see my entire life through this lens and there's some people that live the rest of their life feeling sorry for themselves feeling like a victim I'm a victim because of X whatever it is that happened to me my entire life is defined by this event that happened to me and I can't get over it I can't, I can't move past it. I can't see that my life is actually consisting of other things. There are other good things in my life that God has given me. And it's not just this one thing that defines my personality, that defines my life, that defines who I am. Other negative impacts is sometimes we turn from God. We turn away from Him. We, we see even God maybe as our enemy. If God loved me, why would He allow this disaster to come upon me why wouldn't he stop these people from doing whatever it is to me why wouldn't he change things i was praying and i was trusting in god and i was living this life why is it that god did this we feel that that god has made a mistake 
we feel that God has abandoned us. He hasn't given us what it is that we deserve. A lot of times also we fear the future because when you have been um, hurt by something in the past, we're afraid that this is going to be repeated again. We're afraid that if, we, if, if somebody betrayed us in the past, we're afraid that we're going to be betrayed again. And maybe sometimes we're not able to trust people anymore because of the betrayal that we experienced. Or, you know, whatever it is that happened, we live in fear that this is going to, again, be, be kind of like an ongoing theme in my life. That this is going to be constantly happening. And we become stressed and afraid, even about something that hasn't happened yet. Maybe, maybe I, my past is actually, I, 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 I'm so upset about my past that I'm afraid that this is going to be my future again. And so I, I become paralyzed. I don't know how to live because I'm just too dwelling on the past. Maybe I become apathetic. I lose hope. And I don't feel like there's any hope in the world. So I stop caring. I stop trying. I stop trying to live. I stop trying to care about people. I stop trying to, you know, uh, kind of um, restore my faith in God or to repair whatever damage in my relationship with God or with people. I stop trying to do this because I've lost hope. Like, and, and, and I've become apathetic to life. I'm just waiting to die, essentially. Because there's nothing good in this life and I'm, there's nothing good I can find here. And I've stopped even trying to see the good in anything and I, because I see that life is dark and black and bleak and nothing good is here. Maybe I isolate myself from people because people aren't going to understand my pain. People don't know what it is that happened to me and I can't explain it to them and I'm tired of trying to explain it to them. I just, just leave me alone. I don't want to be with people because maybe people remind me of the pain I experienced. Maybe maybe uh, I, 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 I don't want to change my thoughts sometimes. We become fixated on something negative that's happened to us and if we redefine our lives by this event, then I don't even want to talk to people. I don't want to be out of this. I am just fixate and think about this nonstop every day, every day, every day and that's it. For instance, if someone has lost someone that they love it's difficult it's very difficult for us to to feel like it is okay for me to stop thinking about this it's okay for me to let go of this after some period of time i cannot continue to dwell on this person for the rest of my life and completely lose out on the rest of life that god has actually given me as a gift he gave it to me as a gift. He gave it to me because he wants me to use it, because he wants me to, to use it for good, and he wants me to enjoy it. He doesn't want me to live the rest of my life fixating on the loss that I've had, whether it be a person or whether it be money or whether it be whatever it is that I've lost that's, that's hurting me. God doesn't want us to be fixated on this and to isolate ourselves. Sometimes also we're afraid of taking any risks, taking any risks at all. For instance, someone who was in a relationship and the relationship didn't work out, and it, they experience a lot of pain because of this relationship. They're afraid of ever being in another relationship again and taking any risk. Why? Because I don't want to be hurt again. I don't want to be hurt. So I would rather just stay by myself alone and single and not try to go and find anyone else because I don't want the same thing that happened to me before to happen again. And while there is some maybe logic in this, Right, but there, but but if we if we if we live this way and we don't try to take any risks because we're afraid of failure, because we're afraid of pain, because we're afraid of suffering, then we will miss out on so many of the best things that God has prepared for us in our lives. Because I'm not willing to try. Someone who tried to pursue a certain career and then wasn't able to pursue it, and then they give up, or they 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 even stop trying to do anything. They just stay wherever they are, even though they're not satisfied with the with the job that they have or the career that they have. They're afraid of failure, and so they don't try again. 
These are all some of the negative impacts that can happen to us whenever we experience very severe misfortune, very severe pain that happened in our past, that even though it is in our past, even though it's something that's technically ended, and yet we're not able to let go of it. It's still defining who we are and our personalities and our thoughts and everything. And we, our life in the future looks very dark and bleak because we always imagine that my past is going to be the same as my future. So what are some ways that we can help get ourselves out of this mode, this fixation on the negative and, and being able to let go of the past experiences that I have? The first is we have to believe that there is a greater purpose in, in, in these failures in these events, in these tragedies, in the, the, even when it's somebody who's abused me in some way. There is a greater purpose to this. And I'm not trying to say that God you know, has sent us the tragedies that have happened. No, a lot of the tragedies that we face is because of the world is full of sin. It's not that God is behind these things. It's not like God wants us to experience these, these things. But God takes the tragedies. He takes the, the sins of others. He takes the consequences of all of this and he turns it into something good for us so that we can end up actually benefiting from something that was painful and difficult that should never have happened, that we can actually benefit from it because God turns it into something good. There is an example, a very good example of this in the life of Saint Joseph, Saint Joseph the Righteous. Right? He believed that there was a greater purpose you know, we know that his brothers, he was the, the sons of, of um, Jacob, his brothers were jealous of him when he was young, and so they sold him as a slave to an Egyptian trader, and he lived the rest of his life in Egypt, and he, and he lived as a slave, and he, he went to prison, and he was falsely accused, and so many things happened to him. And we read in the scripture, in the book of Genesis, that for 14 years, essentially he was in this condition of being a slave and a prisoner in Egypt. And yet, after these 14 years was done, God allowed him to interpret the dream of the king. And so the king, trusting him, ended up making him like the ruler over all Egypt. Okay? And because he was the ruler of all Egypt, he was able to deal wisely when there was going to be a famine coming. He was able to store food so that everybody was able to survive the famine. And even his own people, his father and his brothers, his brothers that sold him into slavery, they were able to survive the famine because of his wisdom, because of his position. And of course, Joseph didn't understand any of this until after it came to pass. He didn't understand beforehand, why did you throw me into a well? Why did you sell me as a slave? Why am I being falsely accused? Why am I a prisoner? He didn't, he didn't understand any of those things when it was happening. But at the end, after he saw everything that God did work itself out, he said what? Speaking to his brothers after he reunited with his brothers, he said to them, but as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. So, so St. Joseph, Joseph, when he realized the work of God, when he realized that God actually had taken the tragedies that he has experienced, he, 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 he saw it in a different way. That doesn't take away from the pain that Joseph felt. Actually, when Joseph first saw his brothers again, he, he started to cry. He, he, could, he, he couldn't even stop himself. Like he, They didn't know who he was. And he, he saw, when he saw them, he, his, his emotions and everything that he experienced and remembering all the ways that his brother had treated him, it was very difficult for him. It, this is not just a matter of, I'm going to flip a switch and suddenly everything is fine. Right? We are always going to have negative emotions to negative experiences that we had in our past. It's not about the emotions themselves. It's am I paralyzed by them? 
Am I unable to function because of them? Joseph actually, he was able to function very well. He didn't wallow in, 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 in his pain and say, you know what, my brothers don't love me. They sold me as a slave. There is nothing in my life that I can do. I'm just going to sit here and wait to die and just live the rest of my life in misery and depression. That's not what Joseph did. Everywhere that Joseph went, actually, he worked very hard. That's why he actually he was noticed as being such a, 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 a hard worker. That's why he was promoted. That's why the king saw him. That's why God can, was able to continue to work with him. Because he didn't look at his past and say, you know what, there's nothing I can do. And, 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 and there's no point in even me to live anymore. Right? Because my family hates me. I'm in prison. I'm in a, as a slave in a foreign land. And there's nothing. I'm, I'm completely gone. There's nothing left in my life. So he always remained, had hope in the future. And he believed that there was a greater purpose to what it is that he experienced. And that was very important. There was a greater purpose to what it is that he experienced. Maybe in our life we don't see this purpose. We don't understand why is it God has allowed certain things to happen to me in the past and these things are difficult for me to accept. Maybe there is a greater purpose. Maybe one day we will understand what that purpose is. But even if we don't understand that purpose, we don't know how it's working in us. We don't know how God is able to use this experience to strengthen us, to make us to grow. And maybe we will never know. And yet we believe that all things work out for good to those who love God. This is Romans 8.28. All things work for good to those who love God. So I believe that God has good for us, even though we suffer and even though we have pain. God actually can turn these things to good and there is a purpose behind them. The second thing we have to do in order to overcome these um, bad misfortunes and experiences in our past is we have to forgive. We have to forgive the people that maybe are behind them. In the cases where there are people behind the most misfortunes that we feel, that we experience, in order for us to move forward, we have to forgive these people or else we will be stuck in this situation and, and experiencing hatred and feeling angry toward the people that have harmed us in some way for the rest of our life and it will prevent us from ever moving past it. It will prevent us from ever like growing in our potential, growing and achieving what it is that God wants us to achieve. In Colossians 3.13, it says, Bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. So you also must do. We are called by God to forgive, to not to hold grudges, to let go of these, you know, even though we acknowledge that the things that people have done to us are, are wrong, and they are painful, and they are difficult for me to accept, and they have harmed me in some tangible way. We acknowledge all of this. We're not trying to pretend like it never happened. We acknowledge that this is what's happened. But despite of all of this, just as Christ, when he was on the cross and acknowledged that these were the people that crucified him, he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. He asked God to forgive his own crucifiers to, to f because they don't know what it is they're doing. He even made an excuse for them. He said, they don't know what they're doing. They're crucifying me because they don't know what they're doing. This is one of the best ways actually for us whenever we are trying to forgive somebody. We forgive them by saying, you know what, I don't understand their situation. I don't understand maybe what's causing them to act this way. Maybe somebody abused them. Maybe somebody harmed them. And this is the way that they are reacting because of the pain that they themselves are feeling. Maybe they don't understand how this affected me. Maybe whatever it is, every situation is different. But in order for us to let go of the past when it comes to being harmed by another person, we cannot do it unless we forgive sincerely. And again, forgive doesn't mean that I want to go hang out with this person. Forgive doesn't mean that now we're friends. All that forgives mean is I don't hate you 
and I would serve you given the opportunity, and I would pray for you, right? This is what it means. It doesn't mean that I like you. All it means is I don't hate you, and I will serve you and give you what you need if you ask me and if you need something that I can offer. The last point I want to speak about in terms of overcoming um, misfortunes in our past is to stop being afraid of the future. Isaiah 41 verse 10, it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. When we've experienced some traumatic situation in the past, we might live the rest of our life afraid of that situation happening again. And so we avoid taking risks. We avoid doing anything that we think might even potentially ever put us back in the situation that we experienced the first time. Right? This is very natural actually for us. And here what, what God is saying is do not be afraid because I'm with you. Do not be afraid because I am with you. Like we said before, someone who failed taking a test is afraid to take it again because they don't want to fail again. Someone who was in a failed relationship doesn't want to try to be in another relationship because they're afraid that it might fail again. They're afraid that they might experience the same pain that they, that they felt the first time. This essentially stops our life from continuing. Whenever we are so afraid of the future and paralyzed by it, we can't continue to live. We can't. God is maybe providing us opportunities for things. He's guiding us in certain ways. And yet we tell him, no, I'm not going to go down that road. I'm not going to go down this road that's open because I don't know what might happen. What if, what if I get hurt again the way that I was hurt before? And so instead of, of having the potential pain of going down an unknown path, we, we say, I'm going to just stay right here and I'm not going to move, and I'm going to, I'm going to be kind of paralyzed where I am, which at first might seem to be more comfortable. At first it might seem to be less painful, but in the long run it produces a different kind of pain. It produces stagnation. It produces a kind of frustration. It produces the idea that what I cannot, I cannot move past, I cannot grow, I cannot change. My life is stuck in this place because I cannot accept the risk of doing something that's, that's, that could potentially lead me down the road that I've been to before. So there are many different types of sufferings that we experience. There's many different things in our past that we might experience. Some of them are sins that we've made and we have to deal with the consequences of them or mistakes, things that I've you know, done bad decisions, even though it wasn't a sin necessarily, it was just a bad choice that I made. And finally, misfortunes, things that happened to me that are out of my control. And regardless of what these, th what any of these three are, or which of the ones have happened to me, I have to learn to let go of them in order to enjoy my life, in order to feel like my life is still has potential, in order to feel that there is still a future for me, that God is still working with me. I can't define myself by the pain that I felt in the past, or else I will never be able to grow. And instead, actually, what I can do is I can take the experience that I had in, with this pain and actually use it to comfort others, use it to teach others. That when other people are going through similar situations like I have, I am the perfect person to go to them and say, you know, I went through something like this. Let me tell you what happened with me and how God worked with me and how I'm able to move on and continue with my life and how I've grown. We don't see how much we are growing. We don't know really how much we are growing because we don't see ourselves that way. All we see is the pain that I'm experiencing, the bad memories, the bad emotions, and so on. Maybe we don't see how much we're growing, but we are. We are growing. We are experiencing things that's causing us to learn more about the world, learn, learn more about ourselves, learn more how to deal with life and stress and experiences. And even though maybe we never asked for this and we never wanted it, and yet God allows it. And he allows it for good, just like in the case of Joseph the righteous. He allows it for good. You meant it for evil. Maybe somebody intended it for evil to me, but God 
allowed it for good. And glory be to God forever. Amen.